Are you going to name this the case for Ray Rice? Or why we should get rid of equal rights? Like, what's he going to do? I don't know. He could fucking crack your head wide open, you know? I hope he finds out. What if this is how he finds out? What if this is how he finds out? That would be fucking hilarious. You could go to prison for that. Like, now? 100%. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Just ask Niana that works here. I mean, she's thrilled with her Mint Mobile savings. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash bears. That's mintmobile.com slash B-E-A-R-S. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Welcome to the program and welcome back. The one and only Giannis Papas, everybody. Let him hear it. Good to Make be sure here. you watch Mom Love available on YouTube. Yes. Um, you also have another. Don't you have another one on YouTube? I got another one on YouTube. Yeah. And please, I'll be in uh, the Wilbur Theater on July eighth, and uh, the Paramount and Sony Hall in New York. Paramount in Long Island. So go to yannispappas dot com, dot com for tickets. I forgot my own website. You forgot your own website. Yeah. That was. Um, those are all three great venues, by the way. I've been to all three of those. They're amazing. Yeah. The Wilbur is also like, have you been to the Wilbur before? It's my first time doing the Wilbur. I'm excited. Man, I feel yeah. like that is um, like one of the milestones of being a comedian is doing the Wilbur. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, I don't know. It's a special room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I feel like I'm like, uh, right now I'm like, those numbers are starting to creep up thanks to all you guys who are having me on. So it's oh, like, no, man. the Wilbur is one of those like milestones where you're like, yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's yeah. rad. It's rad. It's like. It's theater, you know, it's a th- proper theater, but it has club feel, and there's not that many rooms like that. Yeah. A lot of, some of those the- there's some theaters that are, like, around that same size that feel enormous, but that feels like they're right up on you, because it's old, and there's not that many old, like, the old ones are, are, the old ones have a shitty entrance in, shitty green rooms, you know, like, you duck into things, because everybody was, like, 5'2 <laughs> when they built it, yeah. but the cool thing is that they built it for whatever was the the acoustics of that era which means that it was all built like you know with sound as a priority so everybody's like on top of you yeah and it's there's not that many rooms like because they didn't have amplification back then. no so they built it good yeah they built it good i mean the seats are probably no they have big good seats there's some of the old ones too like they have shitty seats or there'll be like a column in the middle of the theater and people are like, I have to sit behind this. They're like, it's fucking 1908 when they built this. What do you want? Nobody complained back then. Shut up. Yeah, they had so many things to worry about. They always yeah. forgot one thing. Like, oh man, there's a pole in the middle. Oh yeah. There's a huge pole in the middle of this place. Yeah, like, we haven't figured out how to structurally keep it up without a pole in the middle. Haven't your three of your kids died from the plague? Is this pole really a big thing? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, I forgot. My family died from plague. I'm a little distracted. 
distracted. <laughs> I'll just sit and listen to the show. You're right. <laughs> God, I, I never thought about how much... Did they have anxiety back then, or did they, accept, they had more of an acceptance of death could happen at any moment? I've thought about this a number yeah. of times, and I think, you know, like, there's people now, if you say someone died, they're like, huh, like, the way that death hits people <laughs> is like, oh, my God. Death was so common, it had to be just like, what you, you know... What'd you have for lunch? Yeah. It had to be just, how's your family? Well, you know, two of the kids died. My wife died. My parents are dead. My sister died. <laughs> and people were like, yeah, I, you know, I had a bunch too that died. And yeah. then they're like, isn't it great that we're not dead? I don't yeah. know. I think they were just <laughs> probably, like, And then they were probably just like, you want a coffee? Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was probably like very normal. Yeah. And then it's probably like, how they, well, you know, the three of them got sick, the flu and stuff. And then, you know, a couple of the kids got murdered. Because... Um, <laughs> People also killed everybody over oh, anything. Is. Yeah, there was no ring cameras back then, so like it was very easy to like break into people's houses. No ring, no lawsuits. Yeah, you know, it was I don't just even like, know how anyone got any sleep back then. Can you imagine sleeping with it without knowing that the the cops had to come to your house on a horse or something, or they had to run? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they had to run there, and then there was no way to call them. You'd have to like blow a conch or something. I don't know. How did you? How yeah. do you call the cops you back in the day? You just had to like you had to be ready to kill too. You had to be ready to fight. Yeah, and it's like you weren't like throw throw the dukes up, <laughs> you know. You're like I have this fucking bayonet, and I'm just gonna <laughs> just shove it into somebody and hope they die. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we'd all be dead. Joe Joe Rogan might be alive. He'd be able to. Yeah, he. A lot of us would be dead. A lot of us would be dead. Yeah, a lot of us would be dead, and. Uh, I don't know the ones that are still alive. You had a body count, you know what I mean. Like if you were alive right now at your age, and I was like, "How many people have you killed?" You'd be like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> First of all, we'd be like great grandfathers at yeah, this point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People live to be thirty. Yeah, you were making life decisions, like real decisions, at fifteen. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think Alexander the Great conquered the world at twenty-one. I mean, how nuts is that? He was 21, and he was like, he conquered the known world. He was like the leader. He was like a grown-up man. At 21, I was like, you know, drinking brews. I think I had syphilis. I don't, it was like I was in college. <laughs> I was taking antibiotics. Yeah. I was not. You I'm, know, at 15, you would have a, a lady and a, probably a couple kids. Yeah. And people would be like, you know what? You did all right. You did all right. Yeah. <laughs> you did all right. Have you noticed as we've gotten, uh, you know, more advanced, like the older people are looking younger and younger. Like I'm, I'm wearing the same outfit I think I wore when I was 12 yeah, or 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you look at old pictures and you see like a 14-year-old kid. He's in like a three-piece suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks like Winston Churchill. Was and he's that like playing stickball. The thing that, yeah, they, they, did, they, they ran in sweat in those things. Did it bother your dad? the way society dressed as he got, you know what I mean? Like in his later years? Yeah, I think he was just perplexed by it. I mean, he was in the, my dad had me later. He was like, like people do now, you know? Yeah. So my dad uh, had me when he was like 46, 47. He fought in the Korean War. Yeah. And so it was just weird for him. He was like, you know, I was 24 and I I was just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. He was like, by the time I was 24, I'd fought in three wars. Yeah, I had four grandkids. I had started two law practices. Yeah, and I was just like, still like, I'm going to live in this house still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad, and I'm going to do skits for a living. I'm going to do plays. Skit, yeah, I'm going to do one-man plays. He must have thought you were mentally ill, oh, right? dude. My grandfather had a 24-hour restaurant. I, I, you know, he died before I was born, but, you know, he was one of the Greek 
generation that started the 24-hour diner. Yeah. And I think my dad said, literally, I met him like 15 times because he just like worked. They yeah. used to, those immigrants just worked. All the time. They yeah. worked. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think if he saw what I was doing, he'd be like, Huh? Are you wearing a wig? Yeah. Who is he? What is this? You getting paid for this? What's what's (laughs) He just would have no concept. It would be like when the Native Americans saw the conquistador ships. They're like, "What the fuck?" You imagine if that guy saw you do a show and then saw somebody give you a check and be like, "The fuck was that for?" For your little dance Yeah. I mean, to watch he just watch us talk to crowds. Be like, yeah. you got to check for it. Like, where's the work? He's like, I'm, I'm doing 24 hour shifts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. And my dad is funny. He, um, the thing, he, he hated scruff. So he'd come up to me and he'd be like, what is this shit? He's like, I was like, it's my face. Yeah. Like, Why don't you shave? I was like, because I don't want to. He hated that. And he hated, like, he called them blue jeans. Like, he's American. He was like, blue jeans. <laughs> blue jeans. And he hated like he hated like dressed down looks like when we were especially for flying. He was like you know when I growing up, people wore coat and tie to fly. Oh, it was like an event to fly, right? That was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big. He's like people were like, I'm gonna fly today. Yeah, like they got dressed up, and the people wear literal pajamas and slippers. Yeah, you know, I saw some. I saw a woman board the flight in a bikini with a wrap, like what you see, <laughs> what you wear at the pool. Yeah, she boarded like that. You know, and yeah. then he would just be like, God. And then it, his version of dressing dent, like it's Sunday, let's hang out at the house, khakis, collared button down shirt. Yeah. And he'd be like, why don't you put on something comfortable? Yeah. And he'd go, I am comfortable. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that was that Mr. Rogers era when like yeah. they, when they put on yeah. sneakers, they were like, whoa, whoa. I am dressed <laughs> way down. Still a tie, like a shirt yeah. with a sweater on it. Yeah. Take the jacket off, but still always some sort of coat on. Yeah. yeah. We, we would buy my dad's sneakers as a joke. <laughs> he would never wear. I mean, he, he eventually, eventually did. But I mean, I would say ninety percent of what I ever saw him wear, you would consider like Mister Rogers wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was pretty formal. You know, it's interesting because I think it would. Uh, you know, he's probably we're all probably two, three generations. A lot of us are the kids of immigrants in some way, three, four generations. Sure. And their mentality was just like they're here to loot. Everyone came here to loot. Yeah, they were like we're here for loot money yeah we're gonna work we're gonna make it yeah and so like they were always thinking about looking more formal sure and and, uh, looking like they were millionaires and stuff and then they went up there and then they had kids and we just took it right back down to laziness (laughs) and what's the least amount of work i can do and get paid the most i think because they were you know they were working so hard that generation especially immigrants more so because they were like i got into this place so i'm gonna bust my ass that their kids were like Oh, you hooked it up. Yeah. I think a lot of the kids are like, you did it. And yeah. Like, re- and they don't feel the the urgency. The urgency to do something wasn't there for a lot of kids. And they get mad at it, but it's really their fault. Because yeah. I remember like my other grandfather was like, I work so hard so you'd never have to. And I was like, yeah, great. great. I'm living your dream for me right yeah. now. I'm working never. I work yeah. for 40 minutes. Yeah. Like that, and I'm, I sometimes I stress about that. Like, and I also, gotta do two? I got to do two of them. I feel like it's too much work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's too much work. I gotta sit here and talk. Yeah. It's like God damn. God, I gotta go have fun with Tom Segura today. For uh, Jesus Christ, this is what is this? Like I'm in a coal mine. Do you have the thing where sometimes now I really because you know everybody sees their their parent. I think boys see their dads as like something special, right? And then like 
you hit a certain age where you go, oh, he's just a he's just a guy. Yeah. And it took me a long time <laughs> before I realized that my dad's a terrible driver. Like I I didn't realize how bad of a driver he was until like a couple of years ago. I was like in the car. I was like. Oh, he's always driven like this, and he sucks it. And like, I always thought, like, oh my, like, you know what I mean? You go, yes. like, my dad, he's a hero. He's yeah, a hero. yeah. And I was like, because he he used to drive where he would go, um, he hit the gas and then release it, zoom, zoom. So like, basically nauseating. Yeah, he and drove I, like a woman. Yeah, he drove like say. a woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he drove like a woman with a smaller brain. Yeah. And I was like, I remember pointing it out a few times, and I was like, hey, could you stop doing? Because once you like get older, you know, you're like. Hey man, yeah. Could you stop doing that? He's yeah. Like, doing was that what? like the first time, the first suggestion you had from, and then you were like that because that you cra- It's almost like uh, yeah. That I remember those moments where you you go from that shift of like he's a god, he's perfect. Yeah. To like, oh shit, he's 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 just a dude. He's just a flawed just regular a dude. Flawed dude, and yeah. it like changes your it like cracks your whole perspective. It cracks it. It does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few of them where I was like, oh wow, like I didn't really. But I remember the driving one really hit me. Where I was like, like you're god awful, <laughs> you know. Like you almost like, wanted to call, call like you're the literally, yeah, police on him, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I want, I wanted him to know how bad, he, like that's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted there to be like a news article about it, you know, that he would just like read and be like, God, I'm really bad at this. Dude, huh? we got a lot in common because I know your dad was in the military too. I yeah, read your yeah. book; it was hilarious. Yeah, all those stories like, about him. Yeah. And uh, my dad was, uh, that was one of the things about him. He was an absolute horrible driver. One time uh, he made a U-turn on the Verrazano Bridge, which is the bridge between Staten Island and Brooklyn. Whoa. And he made a U-turn on the bridge. Jesus. So like, he's because you, you can get, you, there's a lane in that's, Bay Ridge. By the way, even conceptually, that's insane. It's insane, yeah. dude. Yeah. And it's not like a, you know, it's New York. So there's yeah. trucks <laughs> coming. crazy, And so dude. he's like turning. Fish trucks and People shit. are fucking people and they're just going, fuck you, <laughs> We were like six. It was me and my friend in the back seat, and he's just people are cursing. It's New York, so they're yeah. letting them have it. And he's just like smoking a cigarette, you know, no seatbelt. And he made a U turn on the Verrazano Bridge. That's crazy. Which, you could go to prison for that. Like now, I mean, I don't know. It was a horror. So when he cut in, like a truck had to swerve and fell off the bridge, and then it was commotion, and then it was like nothing happened. That's hilarious. And another time we were in Barbados on vacation, and you had to drive in the other side in Barbados, yeah. like, like the English do, yeah. like for whatever reason. And uh, we were in one of those buggies. My whole family was in it. And there was a woman like carrying a jug on her head and carrying a jug in her hand. Yeah. And he couldn't drive. Uh, he was struggling. He kept almost dipping into the side. And he drove past her and knocked a jug out of her hand. <laughs> it was terrifying being terrifying. in a car with her. Yeah, he was a horrible now, driver. Did, here's the interesting thing, though, because this is a big thing for men. Did he know how horrible a driver he was? I think he did know. You yeah. think he did know? I think he did know. See, the big thing for me is that there's no way my father knew or accepted that he, that, you know what I mean? Like, in his mind, he's a great driver. He was married. Because most, dude, most yeah. dudes are like, I'm fucking great driver. Yeah. I can fight, yeah. I can fuck, yeah. and I can drive. <laughs> yeah. Like, most guys don't want to hear any of that shit right. about them not being able to do that. I remember I took him to a game in L.A. when I was still living in L.A., we went down to uh, a Rams game, and they were playing in L.A. I forget the name of this. It was before the SoFi. But anyway, we're going back up to the city, and we're in the 110, which is a major freeway. And it's like mid-afternoon, I guess on a Sunday. So the point is, this is a major, there's major, but there's not traffic, but 
but cars are moving. I mean, this is like four or five lanes of moving. And I get him in this car that I got that has like a real engine. And I'm like, you want to drive? He's like, yeah. And we're in the speeding lane, like the, the far left lane, the carpool lane. And he's going like 70. And I'm like, yo, man, hit the gas, <laughs> right? Like I, I can see the cars behind us. Yeah. And he's like, oh. So he goes, Rrr. and he goes like up to like 78. And then he slows back down. And I'm sitting here the whole time. <laughs> and I can feel like my anxiety building. And he's just talking to me. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. I go, you got to speed up. Drive like a man. Yeah, yeah, speed up. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, oh. And then he like speeds up. And then it immediately declines. And I'm like, get out of this lane. Like, just get out of the lane. And he's like, get out of this lane. I go, yeah, because you're driving too slow. Yeah. And then he's like missing exits. I was fucking losing yeah. my mind. Your but, dad, it sounds like people when they, you know, because when you, somebody's doing that, uh, they're impeding your process. Yeah. You want to pass, but you have to see him. You ever notice you got to see him? You got, oh, you always got to You have look. to see him. Yeah. That, and you always play that game. You're like, was he Asian? Was he your woman? A woman, yeah. yeah Asian always. or woman. Asian yeah. or woman. I is... play that game every time. Yeah. But that's the game we all play. Don't act yeah. like you don't play Everyone that game. Everyone plays too. that game, dude. Yesterday. I'm and when like, it's not, you're very surprised. You're blown away. So when they saw your dad, they were like, what the fuck? fuck? That yeah. was him? Fucking guy? <laughs> Bald white guy? <laughs> this guy's usually hammering. <laughs> yeah. No, he fucking, like, Yesterday I was I was uh, sitting driving and again it was like moving like I mean I'm on the highway but it's moving and then all of a sudden I'm doing 35 behind one car and I'm like this fucking asshole so I do the thing where I go around and then of course I slow down for a second and I look <laughs> Asian guy on his phone <laughs> oh god so like he's dry, he's actually he's like this yeah it's worse than COVID yeah I'm like god, it made you damn. madder than that yeah, yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> Go back to Wuhan. I fucking lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope yeah. they clip this out. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. You get to plan the perfect proposal, celebrate the love you've built so far, and look forward to the love you'll build for the rest of your lives. The only part that is not so special Shopping for an engagement ring. If you don't know what you're doing, it can be a nightmare. That's where BlueNile.com comes in. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. With Blue Nile, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. They are committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile offers 100% satisfaction guaranteed with guaranteed free shipping and returns. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code BEARS at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code BEARS at BlueNile.com, BlueNile.com. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. I got into the sugar-free sticks, and I was one of those people who was like, oh, is this going to taste horrible now? I actually think it tastes better than any uh, a sports drink that has sugar. It's incredible, and you get hydrated in such an amazing way. I take them with me everywhere. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink. Liquid IV contains no artificial sweeteners, plus zero sugar 
in the sugar-free version. It has eight vitamins and nutrients and is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code CAVE at checkout as 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code CAVE at liquidiv.com. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know what they're doing in New York now? Um, you know, it's funny. Like, I just feel like every government right now is trying to get all that money back. Yeah. That, like, it just gave out during COVID or whatever. And economy's tight. So now they're doing these little schemes now in New York where they have cameras everywhere. Yeah. And they hit you, you know, they hit you for a speeding ticket, but it's no points. If it's, oh, if it's just like, to collect revenue. Oh, dude, yeah. if you're like two miles per hour over the speed limit, yeah. they send you. And it's like, it feels like, it feels like you're getting shaken down by the mafia. Sure. Like you get that thing Because you mail. are. You yeah, are. You yeah. kind of are. And you get it in the mail and it's like, yeah, you were going 37 and a 32. There's a school somewhere in New York. So you were yeah. in a school zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? I just, someone just told me, was it in LA? Somewhere where they just got pulled over for doing like five over. I was like, what? They're doing it. They got pulled over for going like five or six over. I was like, I had never heard. Of- I got a ticket one time for going nine over. And which I was like, come on. Yeah. This was years ago in South Carolina. And then a lot of times in the South, there's a big thing about you have an out-of-state plate, you're fair game. At least that's like how people talk, you know? So it's like if you're driving through Georgia, you got Florida plates, it's like, fuck you. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Georgia, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if it was that, but yeah, I was Probably like, a little bit of that. I was like, nine over, man? Like, yeah. don't you guys have literally some shit to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't think there's other cars on this highway doing 20 over? Yeah. Go get them. But it was like, nah, you get yeah. a ticket. Yeah. Nice fat ticket, too. How much was it? I mean, back then, I mean, it was at least... 270 to which for me i was in college i was like oh, 270 is a lot dude yeah 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 you know you know uh yeah i hate those when you get caught and you're like nine or eight over like 12 over whatever but you know those ones where they get you and you just you just give in you're like you got yeah it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like they come to your side and you have no explanation there's oh, yeah. nothing you can think about i've started with yeah. apologies i i, <laughs> yeah, I know dude, you know i'm sorry just take me away yeah. you like put your hands up you're like yeah, ticket's not even enough. I should be in prison for that. Yeah. You caught me. I was going 97. You got me. By the way, for people, who, some people don't. Like, I have friends who talk to cops so aggressively, and I always get something like, Jesus Christ. Like, and they all, their whole thing is they're like, cops are dicks. I go, I think they're dicks to you because you're a dick. Because, like, I always, like, when a cop pulls me over, I'm never like, what's the fucking problem? You know? Like, it's like, you're insane. Yeah. You always like if you want your chance, the best chance you ever have of being like, you know, I'm gonna let you out with a warning is like, how's it going, officer or sir or ma'am? Yeah. And then I did not realize that. Of course, like, here's my paper. Like, just be polite like you would be to anybody. Yeah. And some of my friends, I have friends who go like, hey, like that. Like they they start conversations with cops like that. They're like, hey, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. And like, like, like really aggressive. And I'm like, and then they go, all cops, I fucking hate all cops. I go, you know, I get that. But definitely all cops hate you. Yeah. Just, you know, because you start every conversation like you have something to hide. Yeah. Like, and they have a major advantage over you. Yeah. That you can't like, you know, they have a gun on them, you know? Yeah. You they, don't have a gun. They got the law. They have the law. Yeah. You're not in a great position. There's a, there are enough variables in this where they can ruin your day. They can ruin your day. Yeah. It could be a real impediment to your day. Yeah. You know, uh. 
it, nobody does that more than women. You ever see the way women talk to cops? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they don't know what, like, they don't even know the thing that we do as men, which is every man always sizes another man up, even on a, like a subconscious level. Oh, yeah. You always do it. Totally. Every guy, when you walk into a room and there's another man, part of your brain goes, could this guy fuck me up? Absolutely, right? yeah. You don't have to consciously, your brain just tells you yeah. like, hey, by the way, don't fuck with this guy too hard. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. But women are just like, what's he going to do? I'm like, I don't know. He could <laughs> fucking crack your head wide open, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah, they just, it's the same way they talk to husbands. Yeah. Know? It's like, <laughs> once in a while, like, did you forget, like, yeah. I could squish your head. You take your head and just squish it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, the way they talk, the way my wife talks to me sometimes, I just look at her and go like, Jesus. You out of your mind? Yeah, like, what, you know. <laughs> You know, I think like women are upset because of like the treatment that they had in history, and but they don't take into account the way it was before that treatment started. Yeah, like so it was like this, and it was out of hand, and guys right. were like, "We can't get anything done." Yep, we can't like worry about saber tooth tigers and listen to this bitch cracking off at the mouth yeah. while we're trying to figure out science and math and fucking civilization. <laughs> so for just a little while, you're going to get hit. Yeah. You're going to get hit and you're going to shut the fuck up until we build shit and it gets comfortable and then you can run your fucking mouth again because we invented air conditioning. But until that time, you're going to get punched. You're going to get punched, yeah. yeah. And it was totally, I'm for that. Yeah. Or else we wouldn't be here. You can tell who grew up in like a house... And an environment where there was never the implication of a threat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, because like not all women speak to cops that way. But I know, ex like, when you said that, I know exactly who you're talking about. And it's somebody who's gone unchecked in life. Yes, it's not even. You know, they're just in life. They mouthed off at home. Nobody ever said shit. They talked to their dad like that. They talked to their brother like that. They talked to teachers like that. And everybody let it slide. Yeah. Everybody let it slide. And then, yeah, you could do that to like a cop who's just like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab you by your hair, <laughs> pull you out of the window. I don't give a fuck because this is, you know, Macon, Georgia. And then I'm going to drop my elbow onto your face as, I, as you hit the pavement. That lady's going to be like, what the? It's like, yeah, you don't talk to people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They should have, cops should always have like a big, like big fat black cop. Just it, every car should have a big fat black woman <laughs> cop just for that situation. Yeah. So when the guy goes over and she just starts, and then he just goes, he just goes yeah, Tanisha. Yeah, come here. Yeah, Tanisha just comes over, pulls the hair, yeah. you know, takes the earrings out and just gives yeah. her the thing. Yeah. Gives her a little after school outside beating. No, you're right though. <laughs> Wives need to get checked too. I mean, I've told mine a few times. I'm like, do you realize that like with my bare hand, I could just crack your sternum? <laughs> You'd have no protection. Like their chest plate is just gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like us fighting them is like us fighting Brock Lesnar. They don't get that. They don't get it. They don't get that at all. Mm -mm. They don't get the weight difference. It's a, it's a fight that would never be put on because right. the weight difference is too Yeah. Great. The promoter's like, what the fuck are we promoting? Yeah. You yeah. couldn't even put that on. Like they just don't get it. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can, pick, I can pick you up. Yeah, and it's only because of the law, you know? And so maybe that law needs to change for a little bit yeah. until we get them back in order. Like, whenever you hear a story about a guy just beating the fuck out of some chick, are you like, well, I mean, I get it. Well, you always go like, well, yeah. <laughs> but you also go like, well, well what did she say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like in New York, like I noticed this thing, um, 
in uh, you know, in a lot of other cities, homeless people are very aggressive. Miami, yeah. I lived there for a year. They'll be aggressive, right? They'll yeah. make you, they'll be like, hey man, somebody needs to watch your car and they kind of like shake you God, down. Yeah. And then if you don't, they'll like stick a knife in your tire. And <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, they're very aggressive to get in your face and stuff like that. New York, New York, they don't, right? New York, they're very respectful of your space and stuff like that. And that's because every once in a while as New Yorkers, because they know, you don't know everybody in New York, people could be dangerous. But every once in a while in New Yorkers, we do this thing where we just set one of them on fire yeah, to send a message. <laughs> and that's yeah. how you keep it. Yeah. And then that spreads. And then it's a nice detente yeah. where they ask respectfully. They don't get in your fucking space. If you're eating at brunch outside, they don't come over and ask you for money. You just got to set one yes. on fire That's a, to send a message. I feel like- And that's what we need to do with women. Just for a little while, beat them and then go back to the law. But just for like a month. A month, yeah. A month, it's just like no more of that equal rights shit. That, uh, first of all, a huge advantage of a, a city with that population is that someone's always, there's always going to be someone who does some wild shit that lives everybody going, that can happen. Yeah, here, they, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that can happen here. Yeah. Like, villages don't have that. Yeah. But big cities like New York, they're like, Look, man, you never know. Someone might eat your face. It could like, it happen. Happens. Yeah. It actually happens yeah. here. You've anything, literally everything and anything has happened. In the, like, you go down to the subway and you see like a guy shitting in a, like on a public uh, waistband. Yeah. And you're like, I've seen, I've seen so many weird things. Downtown LA, same dude. I've yeah. been to downtown LA and just seen a guy just right there on Third Street. Just squat and shit right there on the sidewalk. And you're like, Phew. and then when you walk those streets, your nose always tells you, it's like, oh, that's human shit. Yeah. Like that's not, it has a really distinct yeah. odor. It's not. It's, it's a human, you could make it's it It's not out. dog shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like, that's, that's a guy's <laughs> shit right yeah. there. Yeah. And you know, it's great about those cities, like cities like New York and LA where everyone's like doing something or like, you know, busy. It's, it is true. And they're heavily populated. You could just be driving. You'll be like, oh, that, that's a guy eating another guy. And you'd be like, but I still got a meeting. I got, I you got it. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you know, and another, if it was to happen in a smaller town, that oh, would yeah. be the biggest. Everyone thing. would stop. You just yeah. would tell someone in passing, oh, before I saw a guy eating another guy. But yeah. anyway, let's get back to this movie bitch. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember speaking of guys beating women? Do you remember <laughs> when, uh, do you remember Greg Hardy? He always, yeah, the football player. He played in the end, and now he plays. Now he's Cowboys. Yeah, he yeah. fights now in mixed martial arts, and I don't think he's done very well. So maybe that's the the sweet justice of this all. Yeah, he's gotten uh, beat yeah. up. Yeah, so he's he's gotten beat up a few times. I mean, he's a big dude who most of us should not approach. Um, but you know, the guy's trying to make something of it. But when he got in trouble, he was playing in the NFL. And he th he was he like beat up, but he threw her, and then it said in the article onto a pile of guns. Yeah. So he like he, he just like <laughs> tossed her, and she landed on guns. Yeah. <laughs> and I was always like, that's a that's a crazy look right there. Yeah. 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 But as a visual, it's right? just funny. He had a pile of guns. Yeah. Yeah. I get I mean, what you're pull saying. that up. Yeah. Pull up the article. Yeah. He um. You know, Ray Rice, you know, the reason why Ray Rice, I think it was just if it was on camera. I think if Greg Hardy was on oh, camera. Yeah. It's just Forever. Old. Yeah. And Ray Rice, she technically ran at him, right? I don't. I think it looked like she was going for a one-leg takedown, if I remember. I don't remember that. I mean, you got to find the article about the incident, not the suspension. Like when the thing about, yeah, the thing about, having video it changes everything it changes everything any any type of crime on camera 
Like when people get to see it, it changes everything. Because what I think what Greg Hardy did was like just as bad, if not worse, and he still was yeah. able to play. Yeah, he got a ten game suspension. Yeah, but the thing is, that was like the secu- Ray Rice. It was security footage from the casino. I think it was a casino, right? Or it yeah. was a hotel casino, or just a hotel In the elevator. But yeah, but you get to you see the full impact, and then you see like what a powerful, like it's so strong. Yeah. You realize this is like a this is a top tier athlete. Yeah, it's not like it's not like when you, not that there's cool ones, but you know it's not like it's yeah. not like that. It was like holy yeah. fuck, she went limp like a noodle. Um, it was bad. So this is the Hardy one, yeah. So it's like minutes earlier, he said she had thrown her against a tile bathtub wall, tossed her onto a futon futon covered in assault <laughs> rifles, and choked her until she told him to kill me so I don't have to. God damn. Yeah. He's so big that I imagine that, like, I don't know how you even survive. Like, if he hit me, it would be hospital for a month. Right. So I don't know how a woman survives a guy that, a defensive end in the NFL doing that. They're crazy. They're very resilient women. They they, (laughs) they can have babies and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like I feel bad for a lot of that stuff, but they are resilient, you know? Yeah, sure. They can take, like, and also emotionally resilient. Like, not only can they give babies and rear them and get through postpartum and all that stuff, yeah. but, like, just, I mean, think about um, Ray Rice's wife. She's stuck by his side. He knocked her out cold in the elevator. Yeah. And then she was like, guys, guys, it's cool. I deserved it. Like, yeah, and I didn't think, hear what I said. I, I spit in him. And, like, the NFL was like, no, but it's like, we should have forgiven it if she forgave if it. If she forgave yeah. it. Yeah. And not only that, it wasn't like, I believe they're still together. Yeah. So it also wasn't like... I'm just with you for this NFL check. Like that's still his lady, I believe. Dude is, I mean, I think that's the mo- one of the most admirable love stories I've ever heard. Yeah, like they should make a movie. No, about you're like totally. You're. I, I'm not joking. Yeah, I, I'm I, with I totally you. agree. Yeah, I mean, she knocked me on an elevator, but I, I'm a ride or die. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I love a ride the guy. or die. Yeah. I love the guy. It's like a lot of people say what Woody Allen did is bad, but like they're still together. Yeah, it's forty years. Yeah. I know people of the same age who broke up after six months. Yeah. So who's got the better love? Who's got real love? Who's got real love? Yeah, it's, it's Woody, Woody Allen. Woody Allen and his stepdaughter. <laughs> are they still together? Yeah, they're still together, They're dude. still together. Ray Rice and her are still together. And her jaw looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> he actually, I think he fixed it. Because it looked... <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> Are you going to name this the case for Ray Rice? Or why we should get rid of equal rights? <laughs> Women are too powerful. That's the it's name of the episode. too powerful right now. That's all I'm saying. It's a little too much. No. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That is a love story, though. It's a love the, story, the Woody man. Allen one, too. It's like, he is... I also... You know, it's funny how how people's declines are portrayed and perceived his is fascinating to me so first of all i'll say this i'm not a new yorker i love i love going to new york it's one of my favorite cities to visit in the world i but i did not grow up i think a lot of people from new york have an admiration for him that is specific to new york and new yorkers in other words like when they're like oh they're like it was like oh it's a new woody allen film like I've seen Woody Allen films that I enjoy, and I've seen ones where I'm like, I don't think this is fucking worth. Like, I don't care. I don't admire. I don't go. I admire this guy like the way that I hear people admire him. Um, I always thought he's kind of weird, but that's not that. You know, there's a lot of artists that are weird. Uh, I thought this story was gross, and I I thought the other stories that like his biological or 
said to be biological son has accused are are horrific, and people let it slide for like people were just like, yeah, yeah, fine, and then a few years ago it kind of became people were like, no, he's done, but it also feels like it was quietly done. It's like. Yeah, I guess he's got to pay the price for this. Yeah. Like, it's not really like this amplified voice of we're done with this guy. It's like a quiet resignation of, you know, if people keep saying you fucked a kid, yeah. <laughs> what, what can you do? Yeah. It's like they're reluctantly doing, I mean, he's obviously, I mean, he's an older man now. He's got to be like 80 or something, he's right? in his 80s. In his yeah. 80s. Yeah. Um, and the la- And the girl is like, what, 40 years younger? 87. Yeah, he's 87. But man. he was making movies up till a couple years ago. Dude, yeah, I mean, they, they stopped he's allowing 52. him. 52. Wow. But he was making a movie a year for, he's yeah. been making a movie a year forever. And he's got some of the most absolute classic movies. He's got and classics, yeah, yeah. When you're from New York and you understand that sort of like Jewish New York kind of neuroses and humor, yeah. it's like the best. And there's like, yeah, I mean, He's as about as New York as it gets. Yeah. And so when you're a New Yorker, there's just I have such a love for his movies. And um so yeah, sometimes that's a tough decision, you know? Sure. You know, it's a tough decision. But I mean his oh like Ronan has been adamant. It's 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 weird. Like when you have kids, you realize that like it's very weird for a kid to be adamant that you did something to them as they grow up. That's completely made up. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, it's almost t- unheard of, actually. You know, it's I mean, his daughter. Yeah, that right. But daughter. he's but Ronan has like pushed that. He was like, I know my father was doing this, and he and then Woody's like, it's just made up. And you're like, yeah, I don't know, man. I yeah. mean, there are conspiracies where people try to bring someone down. It's a very strange one to do. Yeah, the meaning. What I'm trying to say is like. You usually should believe these types of things when people say them, you know? Yes, because why would they? I mean, I, there are occasions where you're going like, all right, like you can get to the circumstances, but usually it's like, if there's a strong accusation about something, you're going like, this person, nobody gets famous that way. Nobody wants to be famous. Like Nobody gets like a victim movie, you yeah. know? It's like, you know, it's, uh, so yeah, you always got to give the benefit of the doubt to the lady. Yeah. And then, oh my God. God. It's so weird that they're, they're it's a it's a girl that he adopted that he ended up marrying. But you're right, it's a love story. I mean, yeah, well, I think technically to be to get technical here, I think um, she adopted. I'm not want to be. I'm not. Def- yeah. I'm not defending. Because right, right now it sounds like it seems like we're being lawyers. She looks like Bobby Lee right there. He shaved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that, Bo- uh, right. is that Bobby shaved his mustache? Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think. Uh, Mia Farrow adopted her. Right, correct, correct. So sorry. they and they were girlfriend and boyfriend. So it's but not he was like a father figure. Father figure though. But right. it's, so it's technically wasn't his kid. What's your favorite Woody Allen movie? Annie Hall. And, yeah, Annie, Annie Hall. Hall um, God, Crimes and Misdemeanors is great. Match Point. It's not even. I'll a tell comedy. you this. It's great. I love Match Point. Match Point's so good. I love Match Point, and the, and because I'm always fascinated by. You see this, here's what's, what's more, it's more impressive to do this in a feature than in a series. In a TV series, you get to build like a connection with a character over time, right? So it's like Breaking Bad. Over multiple seasons, you get to know this character so well that yes, he's actually doing reprehensible things, but you're like, why am I celebrating? Like you're cheering for him, you want him to win. But you're getting seven seasons to build that goodwill. In Matchpoint, 
it's 90 minutes and you're like, God, I hope he gets away with killing yeah. this bitch. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, right. It's crazy. It's not, he's not a good guy. Not at all. And you're, yeah. You want, you want that. Do you want him to win? Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. But it's like the, the storytelling. You're like, yeah, God, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, got away with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think maybe part of that too is cause like, you know how you said subconsciously we always size up yeah. another guy. I think deep down subconsciously we also every guy has that thing in our brain going like, "All right." Sometimes I feel like I want to murder my wife. Yeah. If I did, I'd love to get away with it. Sure. So you're subconsciously rooting for him, going like, "All right, how did he do it?" And maybe if that happens, I'd like to get away yeah. with it too. And you're like, "I need shit to bounce my way," <laughs> and that's yeah. what you learn in the movie. Yeah, like, I need that. I need because yeah, it's ding. just that yeah. moment is great where it just Fantastic. doesn't go over the. Yeah. And also, it's an anti-Hollywood movie in that sense, yeah. right? Because like Hollywood studios would be like, "No, make sure it bounces the other way," and the guy gets caught and goes Absolutely. to jail. Yeah, yeah. And like the it, there's something about you know mass audiences that go like, "Oh, good, he was he was punished for his crime." Yeah. But for the the real satisfaction is being like, "No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he got away with that." The Hollywood always has that sort of, "Oh, the good guys always got to win at the end." Yeah. yeah. And this one, the bad guy, the bad guy gets away and he the wins. The bad guy gets away. It's more it's so realistic. A lot of times bad guys do get away with it for a long time. Sometimes they never get caught. It's like I love in uh, Mr. Rip Talented Mr. Ripley when Matt Damon, you know, he kills uh what's his name? Jude Law. Jude Law. Yeah. And then he like tells the father this whole story. And he's like, well, I'll just keep paying you his, you, know, you need some money. And yeah. he's like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, you see him get away with <laughs> he gets everything. Away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, All bad right. people are sometimes like really charismatic and like really interesting and fun. And, yeah. you know, that's why like you never, you like the boring mean guy you see coming. That's why they don't get away with it. Yeah. Like if some guy comes in, I'm here to murder everybody. You're like, that guy's going to get caught. But like the ones who pretend to be the opposite of what they are, they get away with it for which a long is, time. Which is why like they tell you the most dang, like what's actually the, the scariest person. The scariest person is not like mean. It's that somebody who is so likable that does horrible things. Yes. Like, and that's like in history, you know, these are like movies, but in history, you know, like some of the most prolific killers and rapists and stuff, they were like, they had charm to them. The so most charm. They, they came in the room, people were like, I love this guy. Yeah. And they had that side and then they had their evil side that would kind of flip, switch on. But yeah, that's actually who's terrifying. And I actually, I don't know any killers that I'm aware of, but like I know people who I have discovered, I'm like, this is not a good person, but you, I've told people about, the, you know, I go, so-and-so, and I go, but here's the thing. If you met him, I go, you'd love him. You'd and love him. they're like, him. what do you mean? I go, it's he's one of the most charming guys you meet. I go, you'd, you'd be like, when is, when's he coming to dinner? Again? Yeah. You know? Well, what they do is they like mirror you. Yeah. Which is, and so they play on our weakness of flattery and like yeah. our ego. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm fucking funny. I, yeah. So they somehow mirror you and like make you feel great. And they have that superficial charm or whatever. So it like hits your blind spot of like your ego. And then so you, you miss it. Yeah. It's like Ted Bundy used to just like, you know, he Bundy's was so like the, fucking charismatic. He's like the, the, the prototype guy for this. I was watching him defend himself in documentaries about him. I'm like, guy didn't do it. He didn't fucking do it. He's great. I want to hang out with Ted Bundy. There's, there's this thing uh, on the Bundy trial. If you watch, there's multiple docs now about him. But this is like when, um, when somebody, you know, when they saw someone can't get out of their own way, like can't get. So he was never going to, never had the skill set to actually 
really defend that case and win. Right. But there's one point he puts the um, detective in Florida who came into the sorority house and discovered the bodies on the stand. And then he asks him to describe the crime scene. <laughs> and then he's just enjoying him because he did it. It's like, and he's like, and then what'd you find? Yeah. <laughs> And the guy's just telling, and then you have the other lawyers that are going like, there is zero point to this yeah. other than him just enjoying. And that's why he did it probably too, yeah. Yeah. They're so premeditated. It's so funny how like they're so premeditated. They're like a step ahead and like it's all for them and all selfish, but they make it seem something else. He, he was brilliant. Like, right. Wasn't he the guy who did like the casting and then yeah. he'd get you in the Volkswagen Beetle. You're like, oh man, yeah. I can't. And yeah. then boom, next thing you know, your titty's getting bit off. Yeah. yeah. He also did... Um, he was in this Colorado jail and he, he broke out, right? Well, he noticed the vent and then he noticed the size of it. So he just stopped eating for like two months until he had lost enough weight to fit in through that vent. I mean, that's you know, how it happened? Yeah, that's how he escaped one of them. Dude, that's... One of them he did through a library, which um, he, he was like, I as a, you know, I'm defending myself and this is in another case. I need access to the library. And they were like, sure. So he would go up to the second floor look through legal and one day he just jumped out of that window jesus but on one of his escapes it was either utah or colorado he went up through the the vent that he had starved himself enough to actually fit into that that isn't you know that's why so many psychopaths are so successful they're unencumbered by emotion yeah it's like they ceos I, they, they don't care about left anything. and right man they don't so he's just focused on like his own needs and wants he's like i'm just gonna starve yeah. myself for two months to fit when in you now. see these articles in the news they're like so-and-so slashed twelve thousand jobs and you know for share prices we're taking a dip and then they get that CEO, and he's like, it was a very tough decision to make, but we have to keep moving forward. Like, you know, that guy doesn't give a fuck. He's just thinking about his bonus. Yeah. You know? I think you maybe need guys like that, though. You do. You do. Right? It's always going to be part of I the could never make that. I'd be like, oh, but what about Sally, her yeah. family? And then, like, my company would fail. Yeah. yeah. No, no. You need people like that. I mean, there's different studies on this, but we know for, for sure that when it comes to, like, high-level you know, CEO level stuff and political figures, presidents, prime ministers, there's a, a higher propensity for that personality type in there. Yeah. You know, emotion, like no remorse, guilt-free. Yeah. Just, and some of them, like they're not all, not all psychopaths are highly intelligent, but some are. Yes. And if you're highly intelligent and you're not, you know, you're not um, uh, like burdened by guilt and remorse, like you, you can run a company maybe really well. They're probably the most free Americans. Sure. Like, you know, because... I don't give a shit. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of not shackled by anything. They're totally free. That's real freedom. Yeah. You know, like just be able to kill a woman and just walk away and light a cigarette up and <laughs> go have breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's freedom, dude. <laughs> Never be able, to, imagine being able to slash 12,000 jobs and then kick your feet up and like turn on ESPN. Yeah. I mean, and not no, even like not, not even a thought. No, just completely free, and unencumbered. Somebody like they ask you like, "Oh, how do you feel about that?" And you're like, "What?" And then they go, "No, no, it's like for the TV." You're like, "Oh, for TV? Oh, yeah, you know, it's it's been a, and then you know, I, it, it was really I, my heart goes out." And then they're like, "Oh, you're off." You're like, "All right, yeah." yeah. So uh, <laughs> like, like, just pretend, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think you know our business uh, attracts some psychopaths. It's a perfect. It's like a. It's almost like a. If you had, if you wanted to train to be a dictator, our profession is like you can sign up to learn dictator skills. There's so many psychos. Yeah. on on both sides of it though, in our the suits, oh, the suits too, yeah, the suits and the performers. performers. I mean, with the performers though, don't you feel like 
I think it's easier now, like that we've been doing it 20 years. When somebody's young and coming in, you can like just look into their eyes and you see when they have that like, I don't care about anything but my own progression in this. I can Immediately. see it. Yeah. Like I spot it quicker now where they're, they, they're not trying to connect or like, you know, they're just like, what can you, like when someone's like, what can you do for me? That's kind of like a telltale yeah. personality disorder thing where it's like, I don't care about any. And then there's people that are in our peer group who I've known for years who have remained that way. Like I've known you for 20 years yeah. and you're still, what can you do for me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually like a pretty good sign that that person is you know, not on the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a lot of empathy. Yeah, not a lot of empathy in there. Yeah, I've been burned a few times. So that instructed me. I learned it. I was we like, need oh, to. You need yeah, to. Yeah, you need to get burned. It's, 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 it's instructive. You learn what you need to learn. But yeah, some of them are tricky. Some of them, you know, and they're, yeah. so you gotta, yeah, you gotta learn. And hats off. Sometimes when you hear like a good scam, even in like the news, you go like, hats off, dude. Yeah. You pulled it off. Like Bernie Madoff, you're like, hats off, man. Bernie Madoff is hats fucking off. fascinating. The most fascinating thing about Madoff is if you watch that latest one, that one that Netflix just made. Such a good doc, yeah. It's so good, but the craziest one, the craziest detail in that, because it, ha- it answers questions that you always wondered that they just don't give you in like a, a quick news story, is sometimes they would go into his, like they show up and they're like, this shit just isn't adding up. And he was like, why don't you have a seat? Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would, these are the investigators. Yes. That he knows he's like, you know, defrauding basically. Yeah. And then he's like, what can I get you? Yeah. And they're like, he instilled so much confidence in the way that he would just be like, yeah, no, what, what, what else? What other questions do you have? That they'd go like, yeah, I guess this all adds up. Yeah. And it was just him not being like, panicked right which is another thing that psychos oh they don't they, the their heart heads rate, are like that <laughs> the heart rate doesn't go <laughs> like flutter and like oh my god am i in trouble they're yeah. like what's up like, like, this is what i've been living yeah. for yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're stabbing with your pen and they're like looking at their eye watch like still at 57 yeah. heartbeats 57. yeah don't feel a fucking there's psychopath fighter pilots that yeah. are like that there yeah. really are yeah. and race car drivers that are like they're fucking they're made like that but they're not evil right you know, they don't. You don't have to be evil to be a psycho. I think people miss absolutely true that a lot of people, the race car drivers, a lot of like very dangerous jobs. Yeah. A lot of psychopaths. Yeah, go yeah, into because that. you're just always. It's a personality disorder. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, if that person did something evil, they wouldn't feel bad about it. Right. But they're not necessarily looking to do that. Right. And know? they're probably not doing it for selfish reasons. But that's fine. Yeah. Somebody needs to fly fighter jets. Somebody needs right. to. Yeah. So hey, buddy, why don't you fucking gear up? That Sit great down. line in uh, "Catch Me If You Can" from um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character when he says, "You know, like the, the Yankees always won because um, the people couldn't were looking at the pinstripe. They were too mystified by the pinstripes." Yeah. It's kind of that thing with yeah. Bernie Madoff. It was just like he was so cool about it. It was that mystique of confidence that you were just like, I guess. And I got to tell you right right. now, when you watch this thing and you hear the stories about, you know, he had the thing where he was like, you you know, I just don't have room for any. He had no soliciting. In other words, if you were like, I want to invest my money with him, he'd be like, I have no room for you. Right. All this shit would have worked on me. Would have worked on me too. Yeah. And, and, And when I'm watching him. If I sat down with this guy, I'd be like, wow, this guy's the fucking man. Yeah. And like, what an honor it is. He used to be the chairman of the of NASDAQ and like, I don't know how many boards and, you know, I, I mean, 
it, it's like I would have just been like, sir, what should I do? You know, with like I would have been so respectful. And if if he if he would have said like, you know what, Tommy, I'll do your favor. If you want to move your money over to me, I'll, I'll I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, we got to send this money today. At some point, he was like, yeah, he was like chairman of the body that was would be in charge of investigating him. I think SEC, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think he, <laughs> he actually yeah. worked there, worked at, I know he was chairman of NASDAQ at one point, and like, he just had that, you know, that type of, the way that he just spoke, so much confidence, like, you know, the same way the investigators are like, what should we do? And he's just like, what do you need? And it's that thing, too, that he's aware of the blind spots yeah. in humans. He was chairman of NASDAQ, 1991, and he sat on SEC advisory committees. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so those are the people who would investigate guys like him, yeah. and he's like on the committee. He's like Carl. You talked to Carl today. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell him hi. I tell him yeah. I said hi. He's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was so premeditated in that placing himself there, and just the blind spots that he was aware of. That like, if he made himself an exclusive club, like you couldn't get in. Yeah, like, nobody would question it. Of like that guy, you can't even get in to see that guy. So you know. Yeah. And also he knew the greed of people. Because when I was watching that documentary, I was going like, who's the real criminal here? Yeah. Is it Madoff? Or is he just more of a reflection of people's greed? Because you could easily go to, like, talk to anyone at a dinner party who's also invested. They're like, dude, how are you getting those returns when the market's down? And they're like, that's not possible. Not possible. But nobody wanted it. Like, when you're winning, if they're giving you what you want for it, you're not going to. And then, you know, there's. Too good to be true. You're like, it's too good for me right now, so I'm not going to ask any questions. You're like, you kind of got what you deserved then, didn't you, you greedy little pig? There's three big whales that, you know, they feature in the. Yeah. Who basically, they all knew what was, they knew what was happening, but they never spoke about it. And even he was like, we never spoke about it. But he knows that they knew, and they knew that they knew what he was doing. Right. And these, what, what we're saying is like, these are people who were like, when his pyramid scheme would, would Ponzi scheme would like run dry, he would just call up one of these guys and be like, uh, do you want to invest some more right now? And they'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll send you $200 million yeah. tomorrow. But then when things would pick up, they'd be like, I want all my returns right now. So he'd send them like 400 million. And they yeah. were, so they were, ben they were like, they were earning billions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, yeah, I just thought I was investing. No, you didn't. Yeah. You knew exactly what you were doing. You were part of it. And Chase, with that account where they just kind of looked the other way, the bank, they were like, ah, we're just looking the other way. Yeah. There's all that money in there. Exclusivity is so fascinating. Like, that you're not allowed in. I I know of, I can't say the, but a business where they're like, yeah, you uh, you can't get in. You know, you can't, you, you're not allowed to buy one of these. And all it makes people do is is go like I want it, more. I want it, and then they're like, well, if you do, you there's a wait list. Yeah, there's a wait list for this particular thing, and and then the wait list just makes you go, oh my god, it's more exclusive. And this particular business that I I, I learned about, they have never advertised. They're like, we've never spent a dollar in advertising. So they've only used that like that's it that mystique and it's word spread. It's spread amongst like um, very wealthy people. And you know, it's not. I I just heard about this thing, um, and I met somebody who works for. The, that's why I don't feel comfortable saying what it is. But it's just an item, yeah. like just an object. You know, like we, let's just say it's a watch. It's not a watch, but it's a watch. And it's like if there's a watch company that's never advertised, and then they're like, oh yeah, you can't have one. Then People go, well, what is it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, it's just a special watch. And then you go like, well. You know, if we do let you in, you'll get it in like five years. And people are like, great. <laughs> you know, like, 
<laughs> it's just being told you can't have it. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think maybe that uh, we're just at the whim of psychopaths who are creating all these trends and things by using it's, these psychological dude, blind spots. And we actually look ridiculous, but we don't know. Yeah. Because we just want it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you want the it's, chain out, you look great. It's brilliant marketing. Yeah. I mean, that is... How do we take that marketing approach to what we do? Hey, guys, I'm putting out a special <laughs> but, in 2029. <laughs> Buy tickets right now. Yeah, but oh, I'm only letting 300 people <laughs> yeah. watch it. Yep. Only 300 lucky people. Tickets are $10,000. Yeah. It'll be the best hour you ever... I mean, it's just like, I don't know how you... Yeah, I'm trying to think how you do it. I think it's Great a marketing that, like, yeah. that only appeals to a certain segment also, right? Because right. a lot of people go, oh, wait, let's fuck off. But I think it's when people are used to getting what they want. That's what it is. Because wealthy people get what they want. They're used to getting what they want the moment they want it all the time. So when you give them, you know, the special, like, instructions of, no, 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 not now, later. And also not you. Like, what do you mean not me? Right, I right. I can afford it. And they're like, that doesn't matter. Right. I think that's why it really, it really appeals to like, for like luxury items and, and those people. It doesn't appeal. Like a lot of people would walk past that idea, you know? Like I, like I hate, for instance, I hate um, stores where you see people or even restaurants where there's like a line out. So they're like, there's an hour wait. I'm like, no. One time I did it in Philly where I didn't, it wasn't the Geno's Pats thing. It was another place. My friend was from Philly and was like, no, no, no. If you want the real... Was it Angelo's where you had to stand outside? I don't know. It was a yeah. cheesesteak place, but yeah. I mean, I was in a... And so he's like, this is, you know, this is the spot. And we're just waiting. We're just waiting in the sun. And then we're, you know, go around the building. We, and then the in, inside, there's no... And so we finally get them. And he's like, I eat. And he's like, what'd you, what'd you think? I go, it's a fucking cheesesteak. Right. Like, <laughs> he goes, wasn't that the best? I go, no. It's, it's good. <laughs> They're all pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. Like it tasted good, man. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, I regret that I did this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. This wasn't worth it. Yeah. But I, that line makes other people go like, I yeah. got to get in that line. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I did that recently in Philly. It was a place called Angelo's and it was cold out and you make they make you wait outside. There's no place to wait inside. And then we got the cheesesteak and there's also pizza there, yeah. right? It was like, I think Dave Portnoy gave it like, it's the best pizza in philly or whatever yeah. and then i had it and like it was good but yeah. it wasn't like wait in the cold it wasn't two and a half hours good yeah but i was so caught up in it some guy was walking by watching us freezing eating slices outside yeah and he's like man is it as good as they say and i was like yeah it is because also i just didn't want to look like a dick <laughs> yeah of course you know i didn't want to look like a dick freezing eating yeah. pizza with like gloves on so I was like, it is worth it, man. Yeah. So I think that's part of it too because like you don't want to be the dick who's just like having that honest moment going like i just wasted half my day yeah, it's fucking, I know. I, I just met somebody who had 50 cars. He has 50 cars. That's a lot of cars. It's a lot of cars. And I go, you know, I asked him about these specific, and I go, oh, is that like as, like, like is that as awesome? And he's like, it's cool. Drives good. And I was like, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> like he has like, you know, this crazy uh, collection. And I was like, is there one that makes you? And he was like, no, they all just, you know. There's the wanting it is almost like, more than the getting it, right? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's what, what, so what do you do? Like, how do you, when you achieve the thing you want and then you have that emptiness, what do you do? Do you just blow your brains out or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Because well, it always happens. Everything becomes trite, right? You well, achieve a goal is, and then you're like, all right, that this wasn't is, what this I thought. Is the, this is, now you're getting into like, you're getting into the good stuff here. Yeah. The good stuff is in the realization 
that you will never have fulfillment from material things. Right. It's it, it like here's the thing. There's both extremes are are too much. In other words, somebody who goes like I I just crave things, stuff. You know, that's what's good. like that. You will always feel empty. Ignoring the fact that some things are fun and like they, they can bring joy to you. Like what you shouldn't act like that's not true. You can enjoy like a clothes or a nice car. Like, like yeah, that, that, but it's not going to, it's not going to complete you. But getting, I think, to the point where you realize that is one level of it. And then you have to realize, well, then how do I feel fulfilled? Well, it'll never be from consumption. Consumption of things is not going to fulfill you. You know, you drugs, uh, like you said, a bullet in the head, that stuff will, will at least put you out of your misery. But, but so that's the key. Well, Just, I mean, because if you don't, if you don't agree to do that, then you have to do the hard work right. of actually looking inward. That which sucks. That sucks. Yes, cocaine and bullets are way quicker than than actually going. Oh. What's right. happening inside of me? I'm yeah. going through that now where I'm taking a peek under yeah. the hood. Yeah. And because, you know, I, when you ha- I have a daughter, a two-year-old daughter, and like something happened where I realized like going on the road because I had a heavy tour schedule recently. Yeah. And then I was like, I have this new daughter. And since COVID, there was this break between like who I was before I had a kid because my kid was born during COVID and now who I am now with this kid, with yeah. my daughter. Yeah. And like all I want to do is be with my daughter now. And my parents weren't there because they were like, trying to live the American dream sure. and work like work their ass and off. then I'm like am I being that same guy because my kid's not going to go dad it's you made cycle. so much money it's cool never they're going to go you were fine they're going to go like you weren't there they don't give a shit you never. know everyone respects their like loves their parents whether they're a cop or a fire it doesn't yeah. they don't care time they respect time with they respect them. time so now I'm going like what am I doing this for now? Yeah. Right? And like I had this moment where I had like this sold out weekend where I went, because I, I was hoping the tickets were sold, tickets were sold, and the tickets were sold, and I felt empty. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. And that's when you feel that. Be like, I got to look under the hood. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look under the hood. And I'm like, where's the Coke? Here's the- I uh, want Coke. Yeah. <laughs> this, that's the time to do Coke or just buy something stupid, and then you'll feel nothing it's, for it's a little bit. I yeah, need, yeah. Escape. yeah. And then so I've been looking under the hood a little bit. And, Dude. Know, like going, who am I? What do I want? Why am I doing this? Fun is one of my favorite things. Like if I'm having a great time, yeah. then it's like, all right, I like that. Obviously, I know I need to make the money for the family. And of course. the more money, the better. But I'm starting to go like, where's the fun? I want to have a good time. Yeah. And then I want to get home to my daughter. God, this made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> this is all the stuff I try to avoid talking about. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. Looking it under the, taking a peek under taking the hood. Taking a peek is not good. You don't want to look at the sausage, how it's made. Yeah. Oh, no, nah, man. <laughs> Why do I do what I do? Who am I? Why? I'm what's gonna have this? I'm going to edit out this clip and... <laughs> Send it to my therapist. It's rough. Yeah, I got three right now. Yeah, I got a team. That's good. I got a teamwork. I'm proactive. I got that's I, great. I got the guy I've been with forever. Right. Yeah. Then I added. Uh, I wanted another opinion. I wanted a, someone else. Does <laughs> Does the first guy know about the other guy? No, it's a secret. Oh. <laughs> yes, dude. I've thought about doing this. Yes, I've thought it's, about it's doing a this. Secret. I don't know how to bring it up. I feel bad. It's like a barber. It's like when you cheat on a bar. Like I don't know. Yeah, I can't. It's the one thing I haven't told him. Now thousands and thousands and millions of people know. I hope he finds out. <laughs> he what if this is how he finds way. out? What if this is how he that finds out? That would be out? fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's like, I'm actually a huge Two Bears fan. I, I was watch watching Two Bears it. every week, asshole. Yeah, yeah. like, what the fuck, man? You cheating on me? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And then who's number three? One time I did a session back to back. You did? Yeah. 
<laughs> I had her, and then when I finished, his Zoom call came right at the moment. I scheduled them back to back. This he is had the no best. idea. They don't know. He didn't know I was already. Does number two know about number one? Neither one of them. Nobody. Either one of them. <laughs> I just want another. I want a second opinion, dude. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. How similar are there? Like, it's one of them's a guy. One of them's a guy, and then I, I, I intentionally wanted a female. Uh -huh. I wanted like a more nurturing, empathetic sure. look, because guy therapists can be like, "Come on, man, get your shit together." Yeah, fucking, you know. And I got a lot of mom issues, uh, so I was like, I need a woman too. Yeah, I need like, you know, two people yeah. in on this, and then I got a third. I got a psychiatrist who I check in with once okay. a month. Okay, yeah. now, but he just throws the pills at you. I love guy, that guy. He's like, do, what do guy you do? and girl, like number one and number two. Do they align in a lot, or is it like, is it, are you like, oh shit, this, this guy's saying this and she's saying that? Like, or is it, you know what I mean? Is it like pretty similar feedback or is it wildly different? They align more. And I, you know, they, you got two. I got two, man. Dude, I, I always, highly recommend it. Really? I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's been great. It's, I always want sessions to go longer. Yeah. And you always go like, let's do this again. Let's yeah. do this like every day. <laughs> I hate when they cut you off and you're not finished. Oh, yeah. yeah you're like, yeah. no, no, no. You see their eyes dart yeah. to the clock. And you're it's like, almost like when a girl sucks your dick and she doesn't, and she stops. And then you leave like with blue ball. You're like, I was about to cry. And you now it's, you got time's up, but I was yeah. almost there. It's like yeah. right here. It's right here. And Just you let fucking, it out. Yeah, you got to go talk to someone else. No. Oh my god! But yeah, you don't have that problem because you can go talk to someone I got else. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she also responds to like texts and stuff like that. So really? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, I'm going through like a, that certain. I'm going kind of through this now. Mm -hmm. I'm going like looking under the hood and having kids. And now I got a second one on the way. And like, congrats on that. Thank you. You know what you're having? Another girl. Wow. So, yeah. Just you know. Girl dad. That's a, that's the name of my tour. Has been girl dad because yeah. a lot of the jokes are just about like having girls and. um yeah, dude, it's yeah, yeah, I've never loved it. It's like it's brought back everything. Like I built this personality based on the walls that I created to sort of not peek under the hood. Sure, of course. And then we now, what my therapist tell me, I'm in such a good place now, and I've built like a loving family. That now my your brain is sort of like a protection organism. Totally. And then my brain's going like, okay, now you you're in a good enough place now where you can deal with it now. And you're going, but I don't want to. But your brain just goes, here it is. Here it is. You have to do this now in order to become a better person so you can... Yeah. It's like evolution happening. And how about the universe? You, you volunteering, you're like, I have a lot of issues with my mother. And then the world just gave you two little girls. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so here's yeah. more of that. Here's more. Yeah. Here's more of that. Here you, do you deal with this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of that. Also, I was shot and I have trauma from that. And like, you were I just shot? kind of buried. Yeah. I forget that. That's Did right. I hear that? Yeah. Where, where, well, I derailed my whole shit. Especially since I was like... I had trauma from a kid, and then when I got shot, that triggered that. When were you shot? 2001, when I first started doing comedy. Where? Uh, in a, it was outside a nightclub in New York City. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, 2001. Was it? May 2001. Um, a stray or somebody? No, just... no, it was an intentional robbery. I was with my, um, so an old friend of mine was a party promoter, we used to, he just, and I used to work there when I started doing comedy. So I would like, and he would carry like a lot of money on him, cash, like to the car. So we had like a security guy walk with us up and to his car, but it was like a setup robbery. It was a setup. It was. It had to be. Yeah. The, yeah. From the security guy? No. 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 We don't think so. No. No. Not him. He's a great. I actually still know that dude. No. Not him. So, but we don't know exactly what happened. But the guy, he ended up doing ten years. He went to prison and everything like that. And I had to testify at the trial. It was brutal. But it was, you know. So he, he was probably. If he he probably just, was it one guy or multiple? one guy. It was one guy. 
So I was getting in the passenger side of the car, right? And I just kind of looked over my shoulder and I saw him coming. Right? With the gun out? Saw the gun and f- mask on, like a full, yeah. you know, like the eyes and the yeah. fucking... Yeah, ski mask, like, yeah. So I just made the decision to try to get in the car quick and close the door. I don't know why. Like, I didn't, I didn't have the money on me. He had the money on me. It wasn't a robbery yeah. on me, but yeah. I just decided to stay there. And I tried to get in. So he saw me see him and he kind of sped up and like ran like sped up and like as I was closing the door he like fell in he beat me to closing the door and so he kind of fell into the car and it was like a jeep it was a Cherokee I remember and so I saw the gun in his hand and I just grabbed his hand to like get away it was just yeah. an instinct and then I got, I pushed it down and he fired and I got shot right here in the inner right close to the penis yeah really yeah yeah and uh so so your inner thigh inner like thigh it, like, and it, uh, the bullet traveled up into my butt and stayed there for a while because they just if a if a you know if a foreign object is in your body your body will slowly reject get, it out. Yeah. So they were just like it's too deep in there eventually and it did. It would push like I'd play basketball and I would feel it like ripping tissue slowly and it would come to the surface and then eventually a surgeon uh, took it out. Which was a funny thing when the surgeon took it out. I guess they gave me the propofol and they put me in the stirrups because they were doing the surgery yeah. there and I woke up from farting right in their face as they were pulling the bullet out. <laughs> True story, actually. Yeah. Like I was in the stirrups. You don't know where you are, and they're down there, like getting the bullet out, and I just ripped. And their face, like you know, the bullet was real close to my asshole. Yeah. So I farted right in the nurse and the surgeon's face. And this this bullet could have gone through your dick. It could have gone through my dick. And the cops were assholes about it when I was in there. Like if you had a bigger dick. Yeah. Like, like yeah, if you you know if your dick was a little bigger, it would be a problem. You know, you would be in trouble there. And dude, they treat when they're trying to get information. Yeah, they fuck. They like I was like a victim of a crime, right? Well, yeah. And they come in and like, so what's going on here? Uh, you know, how you doing? This is um, I'm Sergeant O'Hanlon. This is Murphy. Uh, we talked to the guy, and uh, he says if you would have did, if he would have did what he did to me to you, you would have done the same thing. So what is this? Some sort of beef between you guys? Uh, he was like trying to yeah, yeah. get me to what. Because they usually when someone gets shot, it's not like they didn't do something. Right. So and cops will just do that. They'll lie to see if you yeah. say something. And, and what, like, you what are you talking what? about, man? And I was like actually hurt by yeah. it. And I was like, I understand why women might get like a little, you know, if like they're like the uh, victims of a crime. Like, so what were you wearing? You know, I'm oh handling this is Murphy. So yeah. what are you doing out at two in the morning? Just Your dancing, parents are okay with yeah, yeah. just dancing, being yeah. a person. Yeah, but you kind of. Yeah. You like it, right? You drinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to do paperwork, you know? They sure. fucking... They're like, this isn't really a thing, right? It's not a thing, right? Can we make this go away? Because we want to go home. Holy shit. So how do they, do they get that you're not... This isn't a beef pretty quickly, though, when they... Kind of, yeah. Kinda. I mean, I think they kind of did. They weren't like... You're at the hospital? I was at the hospital, and they, they came over to my like bed and like were interviewing me. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, man. and there was a hot doctor there on call. Yeah. And because the shot was like, there's a major artery that runs yeah. up your leg. So, And they also wanted to make sure like nothing was... Like my a- anus tube was, I don't know, yeah. was damaged. So she went up. She was hot too, and like she in your like asshole? shot, and I had to, yeah, and she like went and checked and was feeling around to make sure oh. there was no damage. Yeah, and that was not great. No, nah, not yeah. great. A little great, a but little in a bit. weird way. I was feeling opposites. How did this guy get um, caught? He so uh, the shot happened. The cops. This was a like a bad nightclub. It was like a lot of gangsters went to this nightclub. His club was called Envy. Did he get the money? For, I forgot that part. Did he he get, did not get the money. So he, so he shot, shot me and ran. And ran. Okay. Right. And it's amazing because like I was so common aware in that moment. 
So I was like calm and aware. It's really weird. Pain? Are you feeling no, incredible just, pain? No, it's burns. Burn, it burns. But it's a delayed reaction. The, yeah. uh, the, uh, the adrenaline takes care of you. Yeah. You don't feel a fucking thing yeah. till later that it's hot. Yeah. It was hot. Um, and it's just a neat little round hole mm-hmm. with like blood like dripping out of it. Sure. And um, I didn't know where I was. There's so much adrenaline. Yeah, I didn't know like, where I was shot. Yeah, I was yeah. like looking for it. Yeah. And then I, the way I realized was the blood running down my leg. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I was so aware. I pretended to be more hurt than I was, even though I didn't know if I was hurt or not, which is weird. I mm-hmm. guess I was still, because he was like, I, you just feel like completely, you know, vulnerable. You're like, all yeah. right, you got me. You got a gun. So like when he, when I heard the loud noise, loudest noise I ever heard, I smelled the gunpowder. And then I just kind of went limp. So like I wanted to pretend like I was hurt more than I was. So he would stop. Right. And so that's what I did. And I just kind of went limp and fell on the ground, like almost played dead. Yeah. And then he ran away. The cops were close by because they were always watching that club because it was such a problematic club. Jesus. So they heard the shot. Other people, you know, were still in the street. They chased him down. They found him. Oh, right then. They got him. So they got him in that bushes. moment. They got the gun. He was done. He, he did. Yeah, he was done. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your, um, do you remember calling your parents to tell them? Like, what was I remember name? calling my mother and she came with her sister. And uh, this is actually, I hope I don't cry here. <laughs> because I remember, like, I, now I'm, she came, she came to the, I was with my uh, girlfriend at the time who was uh, ADA. Mm hmm. She was a, a assistant district attorney from Manhattan, so she actually oh knew. The, she would. She actually knew the woman who ha- held, handled my case. Oh, Jesus. And I was there, and then my mom and uh, her aunt came, and like they came, checked me out, and then they're like, "We gotta. We have some relatives from Greece. We have to go to dinner." And they just like. <laughs> she kept her schedule. <laughs> she probably said, "Look, we got. We're still doing dinner. I just got to go stop. My son got shot." And I got to just go stop at the hospital and say hello to him. Check in. You good? Okay. Well, we got dinner. My mother went and ate dinner. She didn't cancel her fucking plans. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Uh, you know what's going on. You know now why I stand on a wood plank and get paid in chicken fingers I for 10 why, years. I know why you do stand up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and did your girlfriend... She stayed. She stayed. Yeah, I and totally cheated on her and took her for granted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was there. She fucking yeah. waited on me while I was. Yeah, whatever. A couple days while I was healing, then I was like, all right, let me fuck some other women. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're all pieces of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're fuckers growing out of rock. What can you do? Uh, I'm kidding, God. by the way. It's yeah. all jokes. Also, uh, women should vote and shouldn't be hit. I was just kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this episode's been fucking really bashing women. Well, some of them deserve it. Sometimes. Um, Depends on what they said. Holy shit. So how long, just, I just want to get this full thing. So he didn't get the money. He got caught immediately. He did 10 years he in prison. He had priors. Yeah, he got he had priors. Oh, he had priors. Yeah, yeah um, like that. I don't really remember too much, but yeah. He got caught. Was, he went to trial, pleaded not guilty. He got convicted. He pleaded not guilty? He pleaded not guilty. What was the defense? I don't know. It wasn't him or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and what was it like testifying? At I time? hated it. I really didn't want to, like, you know, but... They asked you to. The, the Yeah, they asked me to. Yeah, yeah. It was just brutal. It was like fucking... When you get cross-examined, it's just like, you know. But I was honest. Yeah. I was honest. But what could you get... I mean, you're a victim of a shooting. What are you getting... Like, what... Well, what were you wearing? Yeah, like, what, they, what it was asking? all about the ID. Like, so I was just honest because I could not see him. So it wasn't... Yeah. I was just on, and I said uh, I couldn't. I was like, he had a mask on. I couldn't see him. 
you know? But I was like, I did, they had to close, and they're like, yeah, I reckon. I was just honest. Yeah. I think my friend was kind of like, that's him. Oh. <laughs> my friend just went all out. He oh, right, was like, yeah, it's him. He had the ma- but he got tackled, like, on the way out of there, right? Who did? The, the shooter? Didn't he no, get- no, he didn't get tackled. I he ran. But I thought, I thought you said that they caught him. They caught him hiding in some bushes. Oh, right. That's what I'm saying, yeah. though. They, but so they got him like immediate, in the immediate aftermath. They got him in the immediate aftermath. He's like, they I found just, the gun. I was just looking for shit in the bushes. Yeah, he's like, yeah. man, man. Yeah. I love squirrels and I shit. I lost the I was, contact yeah. at 2.30 in the morning. They yeah. fell into the bushes. Yeah. He's like, what, And man? they're like, well, we also found a gun because uh, he, he hid the gun, I remember, under like a car. Uh-huh. He, like, chucked it somewhere. Yeah. And they're like, they got that. He's like, oh, well, I've never seen that thing in my life. Gun. I don't fuck with guns. Yeah, he had like, uh, it was like, what's this mask? I don't know, man. COVID's coming in yeah. 25 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's wild, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, when I got the bullet removed, I was doing social work at the time, right? I've told this story before, but I'll tell you, I was doing social work. So I, the, uh, I got the bullet removed like two years later, right? Okay. So like I quit comedy. I started doing comedy, but like I was having panic attacks when I would get on stage. It was like, the worst part of it was the psychological part. Afterwards. Of course. Yeah, you're like- And how long How long are you in the hospital, by the way? Uh, it was one night. Okay. It was just one night. And then like I had to like, it was so swollen that like when I took a shit or pissed, I had to piss like a woman for a while. Yeah. And like I couldn't stand and I'd have to hover like a woman at a uh, club, you Jesus. know, not wanting to sit on a dirty, it was brutal. Um, but, uh, so I was doing social work at the time. I was doing nine 11 disaster relief uh, at the time. And I worked with a lot of like older black Christian women. Yeah. So when I got the bullet removed, I had to go first to get the x-ray. Right. And the bullets like right there. Right. So I got, I went and got the x-rays and came back to work and they all knew and they wanted to see it. They were like, let's see the x I want to see the bullet, you know? And I hadn't looked at it yet. So there's these big envelopes. So I pulled them out and I put the x-ray up on the window and the x-ray picks up your entire penis. (laughs) So (laughs) it was like the bullet and like, thank God my penis was a little bigger than the bullet, but it was like, (laughs) it was just like a limp penis. And like all these Christian women were like, just fucking, you know. Oh my. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) It was really funny. Holy shit, dude. And it it deterred you from doing stand those panic attacks? Yeah, fucked me up for a little while. That's when I was like, uh, I started having the, and that's when like, I didn't know what panic attacks were, right? I was like 22 or something like that. I didn't know what they were. The internet was like a new thing in 2001. It was around, but it was like, you know, compact presario. So it was like, um, I was like, what's going on? And plus like, I was just like a dude. So I was like, I'd get on the train and I'd be like, I'd start like, you know, feeling like that build up of carbon dioxide in your body. Yeah. And like, you're like, am I going to faint? And then you're going, why am I bugging out? Like I had no, I couldn't make the, your brain is so fucking wild. Yeah. And I've learned like so much, so much is subconscious and like it's making decisions that you're not making yeah. sometimes because it's like protecting you and it thinks you're in danger. And the, when those wires get crossed, those panic attacks, that fight or flight. And I had no idea. And I'd get off the train. And I'd be like, and I'd be like frozen stiff. And then one, I got to the point where it's where I was like so frozen stiff, I couldn't move. And I told my friend, I was with my friend. I was like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm dying or something like that. And then like, you get to the hospital and they're like, you're fine. And you're like, what? What do you mean I'm fine? Yeah. And like, that just felt awful. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, are you crazy? <laughs> you have a lot of stress in your life? You're like, no, I'm 22, man. Yeah. And then I went to therapy and I, it's PTSD. I had like yeah. trauma from, because you go from this benign denial, right? That's what I call it. I, I, fig- I figure that's the best way to describe it. You live your whole life thinking that nothing like that can happen, right? So you live in benign denial. You just don't think about it. But then when it happens, 
your brain for a while goes to the other extreme right. and you go like, oh shit, this shit could happen at any moment. Sure. And you're not even consciously doing that. Right. It's like your brain going like, look out, like, who's behind you? the computer you? is running. Fuck. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you have to deal with that. Well, because like, it's one of those things where somebody goes, what are you going to get shot? You know, like when you're out there, it's like most people go, it's not going to happen to you. Right. And then you go, yeah, I'm not going to get shot, dude. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing to say or think. And then like when you, when that, one percent of one percent thing happens to you you're like oh shit yeah. this stuff does happen yeah yeah and it could happen at any moment i guess now that's yeah. what your brain's doing you know what else i did have that moment i know that i don't want to freak you out but mm. i did have that moment of like because i thought i was dying like it was it felt like this is it i had that moment it's a that moment is so weird because it's like a dream time slows down I was doing like 10 things at the same time. Your brain just like takes care of you. You're going like, this is my last moment. So you think about people you love. You're like, you're, def- you're thinking about how you're going to deal with the situation that's happening at hand. And you're also going, oh, fuck, this is it. Yeah. Like, and then you look at your life. Yeah. You have that moment where you go yeah. like, who was I with the... And dude, yeah, you don't think of it. It's cliche, but the truth is I had that moment. You don't think about the cars. No. You don't think about the loot. It's, you think about people. I'll say that it's yeah, people. You think about people. And I maybe the, that's because we're a social animal and that's animal stuff too, but you think about people. And here's the thing. You weren't on uh, Death's Door, but your brain still my does brain, that. I had that. My brain was like, this is it. And yeah. I had the same thing when I was in the hospital. I had a broken arm and a, a leg that didn't function. So like when did I, that? What happened? When I played basketball? Like oh four, yeah, yeah, two yeah, years right. ago. When well, you tried to do the air yeah, segura, air segura. <laughs> but in that hospital, like when I was gonna go into surgery, I was incredibly emotional, and I was looking at life the same. Like in other words, and it wasn't, I wasn't, um, you know, consciously doing this. It was just happening to me. Where I was like, what am I doing with my life? And that's all I was thinking about: relationships, people, what I've done with my life. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I wasn't thinking about stand-up comedy or careers. I'm thinking about people. What what's the point of life? How am I living life? You know, parents, uh, uh, you know, family, friend, like all those things. Very emotional, extremely, and felt uncontrollable. And yeah, and you, and then someone would go like, "What are you? You, you have broken limbs. Like you're not gonna." But it's like, yeah, it just happens anyway. Because you know why? Because it's traumatic. Yeah, it was trauma. It was so traumatic that it triggers that response in your, in your mind and your body, and you just, you just kind of you're in that. You're it's just a wild it. moment, and then you come out of it, and you're like, "Women are fucking stupid." <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> what it was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now I feel fine. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm just. It just feels good to admit it. They got smaller mm-hmm. brains. That's why the basketballs yeah. are smaller. And smaller hands, smaller, smaller brains. Smaller hands, smaller brains. <laughs> I can kick any woman's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Run up, try to talk shit, see what happens. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I told the nurse, I go, yeah. I'll fuck you up. You know? <laughs> um, Giannis Papas, everybody. <laughs> Make sure you check out his special Mom Love available yes. on YouTube. And you have another one. It was it was it running? Yeah, the- blowing the light. Blowing the light. Andrew Schultz produced that. That's on YouTube as well. Please go to GiannisPapasComedy.com for tickets. Again, please come see me at the Wilbur. Come see me. Gotta at- go. Thank you. And Boston, go, go, go. Yes. We're uh, out the Paramount. Paramount in Long Island and um, uh, the uh, Sony Hall in New York City and a bunch of other dates. Uh, just go to 
GiannisPapasComedy.com for tickets. See me live. There you go. It's always better live. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bert and Tom. Tom and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave. No scripts, a bit of booze, amateur protology. Dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave.